All right, welcome to uh, the Game Dev Grit podcast episode. I don't know, but more importantly, this is the dump file number two. No pun intended. And um, we have a return guest. Our guest today is Brad. He was on the podcast before, and we're both just going to complain about stuff. So go ahead, Brad. Start it off. Dump it. Dump it. All right. Um, I'm going to start off complaining about UI, UI in general, and just how boring I find it to do and uh, how it kind of just stopped me in my tracks as far as just grinding on my pot project just every day, just doing something, just perfecting things, tweaking things, and I just, just stopped completely and learn how to actually use UI. And in VR, it's extra confusing because nobody really has a general consensus on how to do it. And just learning which laser pointers work correctly with which headset and which Unity event system, like that took me quite a while to figure out how to do. Um, So was it specifically that it was UI or was it just some new thing that got in the way of you moving forward on the project? Right, right. I don't want to blame it all on the UI. I think it also had to do with I have not taken a break since I started working on this game like a year and a half ago. So just having to like grind to a halt and relearn it like that really just stopped me in my tracks. Yeah, because that's something I had to do recently, too. And I think that really hurts your morale when you're finally like, oh, I got over a hump. Now I'm going to go forward. And then it's like, no, stop. Here's this new thing you don't know anything about. And it's super important to your project. And if you don't learn it, you can't go forward. And then you're like, oh, man, I got to go back now. Is that kind of the feeling? Yeah. And I mean, I've never gotten to a point in the game where I actually needed to make a functional menu and make like a pause or make like an end screen and a beginning screen so that's that's a good feeling but just going in from working in test scenes and then going back in my project after like a few weeks of doing like ui boot camp i'm like i don't even know what this is i don't even know why i was doing some of this stuff so before we get into that stuff let's try let's try to get a takeaway from your ui issue because like whenever something bad happens in my life like somebody dies or whatever i have i try to like Take, get a takeaway so that it doesn't happen again or to me so it's like oh dude was eating scorpions like okay don't eat scorpions <laughs> and you won't die so what's the takeaway or what would you do differently from this issue you had with the ui um and i don't want to say it was everything to do with ui i want to think it's, it had to do more with my like mindset of just working constantly for like a year and a half and then once i got to something that took me out of like my flow zone i just kind of just just stopped completely i mean would it be like you would have like started on it sooner like just a base version like just had a pop-up menu that worked with not it had being all shiny or anything but just having it sooner in your project and like understanding how it works yeah um i i would like to say that but at the same time i would have you're so overwhelmed to begin with that if you don't need to use it maybe not um i don't know i don't know if there is a better way because i'm kind (laughs) of on the flip side so what i've like my big problem is over engineering so so let's say i'm designing like this npc spawner this is one thing i hit recently and it's like okay i need something to spawn enemies right early on in the project so 
okay, good, I started it early on because I'm going to need it later. But then the bad is like, okay, and then all right, I build into it so, oh, you can have a wave of enemies of a certain count. And then when they're killed, they all call back and they do this thing. And then, oh, okay, the NPC spawner is going to manage your loot drop. So you drop them in here, blah, blah, blah. And I end up adding all these features and all this function that I think I might need. And then... Like in this game, when I actually got to building the real game, I realized like 90% of the stuff I built into it, I never use. Or it's like most of the time I'm just using the basic function. So I'm kind of the opposite where like my regret or whatever, my takeaway is just like, hey, don't build out, like leave the door open. So what you're building, you know, doesn't like make it super hard to add stuff, but don't just build in all this function that you don't need, you know, before you actually need it just completely overthinking what you're doing yeah just like you know if i would have done that menu i would have been like all right i need an inventory menu i need this and then like npcs can give you items so let me build that in and maybe uh like an enemy will die and you'll take his item and i'd build all this stuff in and then i'd get to the game and i'm like i don't need any of this so <laughs> so how do you know what you need and when to make it ah oh, man i don't know i just Whenever I initially look at things, like same thing happened to me with audio. I just thought it would be easy. Just like, oh, you put sounds in, you know, everything's mm -hmm. done. And then I'll realize it's much harder than what it actually is. And then I'll start doing like what I call boot camps. And then I'll just completely do something similar. I'll just like overthink it and just be like, this needs to be way more complicated than it actually is. Like I need all these fancy UIs, but it's like no one really cares. I mean, as long as it looks all right and this functional, especially with what I'm doing, like I'm not, I don't have a complex inventory system. I just need the thing to pause and I need it to just freeze everything. And I just need it to, I just need it to work. I just need it to be able to restart levels. I just need to be able to select a level. Yeah. <clears throat> when you said that thing about UI, like I hate doing UI stuff too. Like uh, I have an inventory Awful. system and it's like when it works, I'm just like, oh God, it works. Okay, good. I just yeah. just work. I don't want to touch it again. Yeah. Be because like the the event system, like you were saying, like this is the active item, right? So like it can be chosen, and then oh, just all that stuff, and then yeah, and then are you dealing with world space UIs or like the screen space ones, or which one are you doing? Uh, they're all in world space right now. Yeah, I think those are more difficult. Because, yeah, they're not, like, automatically selected, right? You have to, like, manually tell it, like, this is the active thing. Yeah, and, I mean, I, I didn't understand for a while that you have to have, like, the right laser pointer that shoots the right events to speak to the Unity UI event system. And some are outdated, and, like, I guess they changed it within the past year or something like that. So yeah. I was reading old articles for a while, and I couldn't figure out why it wasn't working. Oh man, yeah, I, that's a, like, yeah, when you look up, like, something recently I was looking at, and it was, the UI of the software was totally different, so it's like, click here and go there, and I was like, I don't have that, and so. Yeah, and so, in VR, like, when you're testing out UI, like, you have to put the headset on, or you have to do kind of like a pirate method, where you just, like, leave, leave the headset on your shoulder, and, like, kind of, like, shoot it in the air and it's just it's just a big pain <laughs> yeah man it's hard enough already you gotta put a thing on your head yeah every time that must make you feel worse 
Oh, it's the worst. <laughs> right? It's the worst. Like, then, like, you, then you bump into stuff with the VR thing, and you're like, oh, damn it. Oh. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what am I doing here? What do I think I am? Some, some kind of spaceman? Like, I'm a robot. <laughs> you're an astronaut. No, don't you ever call me that. <laughs> um, so, yeah, another thing that uh, I know you mentioned before, maybe privately, um, I wanted to talk about version control. Version control. Yeah, because I was one of those, not an unbeliever, but I just didn't understand what it was for. I thought it was just like a backup system. So I have a backup system. I used them, and I was using Unity Collaborate, which is a version control, but it not it's not really that flexible. It's so slow when it starts. Yeah, it's slow, but just this week, I finally understood, like, what a commit is and what you're supposed to do with it and monitoring and tracking your work and all that stuff. So right. um, my thing I want to say, if I could say, talk to my, when people told me about it in the past, they were like, oh, you should really use version control. It's very handy. I wish they would have like slapped me and been like, what? You're not <laughs> using version. What's wrong with you? You have to use version control, you know? Because yeah. that's, that's what I'm going to tell people going forward if they're not in doing something similar. I don't really know how... I did it beforehand. It's kind of insane. Yeah, and I mean, you know, of course it's enabled all these cool collaborative open source projects all over the world, but it's, I'm, I feel like, especially when you're working alone, you need it just to keep track of what you've done and where things are, right? Right, and then when you colossally mess things up, it's very good for people who mess stuff up a lot. Yeah, and uh, I was using this thing called Hacking Plan, which is like a Trello thing for game stuff, but... Mm -hmm. The Git client I'm using is Git Kraken. Um, I like it both for the pun and because it has a Kraken, like a squid thing. But uh, yeah. it has a built-in like board thing, like a Trello board, right? So you just switch back and forth from the version control thing, like you know, committing to your repos or whatever, and uh -huh. the boards. But the cool thing is you can link the boards to a GitHub repository. And then when you make a card in the board, it makes an issue in your GitHub, like a GitHub issue. Mm -hmm. So then it's like, okay, all my tasks I have to do are issues, which then you can track. And then like when you do a commit that fixes one of the issues, you just write like there closes or f closes or fixes the number of the issue, which is the card, and it automatically links it. So it's like you can go through your history and be like, okay, what did I do this day? Oh, I worked on this issue. Here's the commit that fixed it. It's just like my head exploded. I was telling my wife, I was like, look at this. Oh, my God. <laughs> so um, hopefully in future dump files, I'm not going to be complaining about anything that could be mitigated by version control. Yeah, and just make sure you label them correctly. It sounds like that system works pretty well. But I had a lot in the beginning where I was like, oh, about to mess this up commit about to mess this up like screwing this up oh commit. yeah I, I watched <laughs> videos and read press there's this youtube video it's called like your commit messages suck and it's yeah. really funny because it was like i broke this and the, like some of the mess the descriptions were like what the fuck dude and yeah. just like <laughs> so I, no right away i was like oh i bet there's an art to writing these messages so i just did some research and read and it's like oh it should say what it does and why and right. not so much like 
like getting into detail, but yeah, there's a bunch of articles and stuff, so I've been trying to follow that because I automatic that's that's when it really clicked for me that it was more than a backup. It's like, oh no, it's a history of your work, so you know. Any, it's just not. You can also do individual files as well. It doesn't have to be just that whole snapshot of time. Yeah, so um, I won't be complaining about anything to do with version control in the future or like. I'm sure I complained about stuff in the past on this podcast and people were just like, just use version control, dumbass, you yeah. know? And I'm like, oh, what am I doing? It's so hard. Yeah, because I, I met with this programmer who's been coding for like 50 years or 40 years or something. He worked at Bell, Bell Labs. But mm -hmm. um, I was complaining about, oh, man, you know, games are different than films because you can break it at any time. And he's like, well, you're using version control, right? And I was like, yeah, sort of. But now I understand what he meant with the whole merging and reverting or whatever, all that stuff. Yeah, I was listening to a podcast. I mean, it was a game dev podcast, but it was talking about using it for audio development too. Yeah. How any sort of like software development can benefit from version control. Yeah, I, I'm like, I'm going to use this for writing. I'm going to use it for animation yeah, for and film production. And especially if it's collaborative, but even on your own, just to know what you're doing. Because you mentioned, let's go, let's go to that now. Uh, I think it was chatting maybe in the public uh, discord for this podcast, but you were saying you were away from your project and you came back and you're like, what the hell is this? Yeah. <laughs> Talk about that. Who did, who did this? Uh, I mean, just, it, it was, it was, I mean, I, the way I described it was all bad, but it was actually good because it gave me some clarity as of some things that I was doing. Like I was using, so I've made my enemy AIs, all, all, it's all pieces that I've made personally. So I know how all of it works. It all works specifically to mine. But then with your allied AIs that I had that you were fighting against, I was using a, a pre-made system because I thought it would be easier. And I ended up just converting parts that I had already made and adding it into there. So it was just a big bloated mess. And I was basically just using it for their animation controller. Mm -hmm. And just coming back to it, I was like, why did I do this in the first place? Like, I don't get this. This all needs to be removed. I just need to, I just need to make it similar to how I had it working with the enemies. Um, and then it was just kind of hard to get back into that flow, man. Cause I for a few months, it was just like going to hack and plan. Like, okay, I got this, do this. Okay. This needs to be done. Do this, add this, 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 it just, it was, just, everything was flowing smooth. Mm -hmm. And then hitting that road bump, coming back, and I was just like, oh, man, how do I start this up again? And then I, like, I don't know, I got the idea that I should upgrade to 2019.4 or what? No, 2019.2. Uh-oh. It bad, yeah. And I recently watched a video with you saying that that was a form of procrastination is just upgrade your stuff. And I was like, man, that that's on the head with me right there. That's like, that's like, um just breaking up either girlfriend or divorce and your wife and getting a new wife or girlfriend for like no reason, you know? And yeah. they're like, she's crazy. And it's like, but dude, what are you doing, man? Just stay with the other wife. She was fine. Stay with the other girlfriend, you know, don't upgrade. Like if it's working fine, then what are you doing? It's like, check it out though. This new girl has like wheels on her back. Look at <laughs> these new features. She can fly, you know, your Gotta. new girl has airs, bro. Yeah. My, my new girl has HDRP rendering. <laughs> So you gave in. Uh, I gave in, but then I reversed that commit 
real quick. Oh, really? You could do that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, oh. you'll have to you might you'll have to reimport a few things, but yeah. Oh, that's cool. So what would be the equivalent in like a relationship? What can you do? You just go crawling back. Is that crawling back on your knees? Re reverting? Oh, go, yeah. You go yeah, back to the old girlfriend or wife. Please take me back. She's crazy. I'm sorry, babe. Yeah. See, software doesn't have emotions. So then yeah. source tree was like, all right, cool. So, you know, cool. we should clean yourself up. You're good. Yeah. Yeah, that's something from film and animation. I just got stuck in my head, like never upgrade in the middle of a project. Like, so that that applies. Yeah. So yeah, the thing about you were saying about so there's a third party asset, and then you realized all you wanted was an animation controller. I realized that's all I was really using it for. So because I, what happened? I what happened? Yeah, like, how did you get there? Because when you got that third-party tool, uh -huh. did you tell yourself, like, oh, I'm going to use all this stuff? Did you know you were only going to use the animation at the start? No, I thought it was going to be a real easy way to plug in what I thought were more complicated AIs. Turns out it already had a fairly complicated one without just a robust animation controller. Mm -hmm. and, and I'm just trying to make it work, and I'm like, man, I don't understand how any of this stuff works. And it's I what I want it to do is what I already have working over here. And I've already replaced like like the projectiles that I used, I've replaced it with my own system. The guns that I already replaced with my own system, like the way it had a vision sensor, I had already replaced it with my own system. So I'm like I ended up with just a really bloated piece of crap that I was trying to force to work. And because I was so tunnel vision with it, I didn't realize that it was just kind of a waste of time. What was the third-party library or asset or whatever? I don't. It was the this 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 asset is great by the way, but it was the ultimate character controller. But just by their design, it's just too much. It's too bloated. Okay, and it wasn't modular in a way, so you could only use the animation controller. Right, but I mean, like learning how, spending a lot of time trying to figure out how it worked taught me a lot of good habits with how to design a character controller but it was just too much for what i needed and i mean just not being able to get it to work and not knowing how to fix it was kind of frustrating like the dude would like stop at at a place and he would just be like jogging in place and yeah. i spent some you know since we did a, the last podcast that was something so like debugging ai um what i was doing for the for a long time, you know, I use behavior designer and these other things. They're visual tools, so you can see what it's doing. But if there was a problem like that, I was pausing Unity and then going into the behavior tree to see like what task it's on and what variables are loaded, right? Which is really slow and not a good way to do it. And then I think I posted this talk in the Discord for this podcast. It was this GDC talk about AI, like a bunch of guys talking about stuff. But then this one guy was talking about having, I don't know if he called it this because it's the name of the podcast, but it was like an AI state dump. Dump again comes up. <laughs> and just a way to like capture all your AI's variables at a certain point in time. And um, I'll post the talk in these show notes. But so what, what I did, because I realized like, oh, it's stupid what I'm doing. And I think I posted about it in the coding section of the, this Discord as well. 
because yeah. Ash gave me some tips. But it was like, I was like, oh, yeah, that's what you need, right? So when your dude's like standing in place, you need to make it so you just like press a button and then it captures all of his variables to like a file or whatever. And then you can just look at that file. So mm -hmm. um, that would have been handy for you at that time too, right? Yeah. To figure out what was happening. So, so what do you do? That guy's spinning in place. What do you do? What's the first thing you do to try to fix it? Delete him. He's dead. He's done. <laughs> Problem solved. <laughs> Problem solved. Um, I'm just going to reconfigure the enemy AI that I have that I know works and I know how to control its animation states. And it's not as abstract. Yeah. It won't take as much time. And I think a simpler system that you understand is far better than a complex one that you don't understand. Right. Absolutely. So it's about making those trade-offs because, you know, uh, I see some, like, shiny new things, some repos, some code, and, like, oh, this looks so cool. And then I go look at it, like, I need this. And then I look at the code, and if I'm just, like, I have no idea what's happening, I just don't touch it. Yeah. <laughs> Or I'll try to re I'll be like, that's a cool idea. And then I'll try to rebuild it myself on my own code. So I know what it does. Yeah. And it's just like, I, I don't know why I wasn't confident in what I had already made that worked that I was convinced that I needed this complex controller. That's the thing though. I have that too. So I have like, like in my real life as a human, I have high self-confidence, but in myself as a game designer, I have low self-confidence. So I constantly find myself like comparing my projects to other projects, like, you know, people with low self-confidence compare themselves to other people and get all down about it, you know? And uh -huh. I do that. So when I see that cool stuff, I'm like, oh, this guy has procedural this and that in his game. Like, oh, I need that, you know? And then, yeah, you go put it in your game and you're like, wait, why do I have this? It's like, I do it because I'm like trying to, my game's trying to be something it's not through like peer pressure or whatever. So, right. Yeah self-inflicted peer pressure yeah like oh i need this you know and so something i i've been telling myself a lot is just like it's my game it's different it doesn't have to be like any other one i'm just gonna do what i like if i like that really cool do it but if not if i'm just trying to like be cool or whatever don't do it well and you'll go to like things like the unity reddit and you'll see like procedural animation is like this is this is awesome but it's like they haven't made a game with that yeah they just made like a little animation yeah, if you look at like let's let's look at it um, in a different way. So like Reddit's a type of social media, right? Yeah, it has right. upvotes and all that stuff. Like you get our karma, I don't know what the hell, whatever. Like people can I like this or upvote it. So like people, humans, through social media like Facebook and Instagram, all that stuff, like lie and try to make their lives seem like they're better than they are just yeah. so they can get more likes. And like the life that they're living is not functional, like it's not sustainable because they're just like faking and lying and doing all this dangerous shit to try to like, you know, get more likes. So I think the same thing with like the Unity Reddit and these Reddits, it's like you're just trying to post some flashy stuff to get likes and maybe, and maybe it is, some of these people are brilliant and it's part of their cool oh, game sure. they're making, but it can kind of push that um, thing to be like, yeah, this isn't this doesn't work. This isn't in my game, but let me just post this because I'll get likes. So, or they'll they'll do bullshit like, oh, I just started using Unity two weeks ago. Look at this thing I made. It's incredible. It's like, bro, there's no way you made that in two weeks. Going from scratch to that, that's insane. 
yeah, if you want to dump file on the Unity Reddit, I think I've talked about it before. But the thing that gets me about that place, I don't, I know what it is, but I don't know why people keep doing it. So now that you know, you're going to see it all the time, or now I'm going to say it like, check out how many people post and go, I'm really proud of this. I worked really, I worked really hard on this. I'm really proud to talk about how proud they are of their work they did and how hard they worked. It's really strange to me. It freaks me out, but it happens all the time. Yeah, we all know it's hard. Everyone who's done game development knows it's hard. I think it's just trying to like pad themselves from criticism. And I've seen people too that actually say be gentle. <laughs> yeah. Like, this is my game I worked really hard on. I'm really proud of it. <laughs> Please be gentle. And That's it's a like, cube. Yeah, it's like a cube <laughs> with the sound effect and a lens flare. And yeah. it's like, bro, come on. Like, come on, ah, Nazi, you know, they try to give him like a, you know, a <laughs> truthful comment, but it freaks me out. I don't put, I just post like good comments on people. Like I'm not a down voter. Actually, I don't, I just like, or I don't say bad things. I'm from the school of real life. It's like, you know, if I don't have a good thing to say, unless I have to, I just ignore it or whatever. But I don't understand the youth, Brad. I don't know if you do. You're a youth. I don't know. I don't understand. I don't. I don't really get it either. Making games but is yeah, hard enough. I, I do see that a lot now that I think about it. I'm really proud of this. I did this. I'm really proud of it. Yeah. It like when I see it, I just laugh to myself. Like really again? Is this the same it's person? Like, it's like a refrigerator with like a kid's drawing, and it's just terrible. Like no, come on, man. Yeah. So I don't post anything. But um, the dump file. All right. The UI. The plague of the UI. Oh, I wanted to ask you. So you mentioned about your version control and not writing good descriptions. So is that something that hurt you when you're at that point to like, what's going on in my game? If you had good commit descriptions, would it have made it easier? You would have understood? It hasn't hurt me, but it's something when I see it, it's kind of like, if I was working with another person, this would be really bad. Like Though I can get it we kind of are working with someone else because like our future self, you know? Right. But it's like when you leave your keys on the ground, it's like, oh, I know where my keys are. But if they're not on the key ring, who else is going to find it? Yeah, I, I look at it like it's for my future self because I've done that several times where I'm just like speeding through stuff and let me get this done. And that clean code book really helped because it's like don't give things funny or cute names like don't try to be funny or like inside jokey like with your names yeah. or variables or whatever because then your future self comes back and it's like what the hell is this you know so with the uh, commit mess uh descriptions i'm doing the same thing i'm like this is for my future self so he knows what i'm doing yeah i'll normally write like what i'm about to do before a commit like upgrading this or updating that deleting this changing this yeah, have you used the issues at all, like the GitHub issues stuff for that at all? Uh, no. Yeah, I think it's, I just started yesterday. But from <laughs> what I can see, like looking at professional repos was, as what people do and just using it myself, it looks really uh -huh. useful. So I was using Hack and Plan. Um, I used Gitcrack and I tried source, I tried, I installed like six different Git clients and like mm -hmm. I ran them all at once. And then change my code, and I just looked through all of them, and I was like, which one do I understand the best? Like, do I know what's happening? And then for me, Git Kraken was the one, but it has those boards integrated into it. So I've left Hack and Plan, and now I'm using the boards in there. 
because it makes your cards GitHub issues. And then you can tie them to commits and make it all trackable. It just seems like super cool. I'll have to look into that or see if SourceTree has something similar. Yeah, like a board thing? Does it have an integrated board? I don't know. Because SourceTree is made by Atlassian, right? I think so. I don't know. You you don't you did your research on these. I just cause uh is it Atlassian? Yeah, it is, yeah, because my friend worked for them. Um Oh cool. But uh I think they have their tool, is it Jira or something? I might be wrong. But they have some other tool for their agile development that has all the boards and management, but it's kind of this other big giant thing. So I they probably yeah, they might, but I didn't even know until Ash, who's been a guest on the podcast twice now, told me that I didn't even know GitHub had boards. Did you know GitHub has boards? No. uh Yeah, you just go to your GitHub account and you go to projects, and then under projects, those are actually boards, then you make a new project, but it's a board, and it's just like Hack and Plan or Trello or whatever, and it does the same thing where your issues can be cards. Oh, cool. So to us, you know, Brad, I'm going to say that we're outsiders, you know, because we're not like coder people. Oh, yeah, we're dumb guys. Yeah, we're outsiders. So it looks like to me this is what we're we're supposed to be using these issues. This is my, you know, layman thing. I'm sure like some some Aspie coder kid is going to be like, well, of course you use issues. (laughs) You know, like I was using issues when I was in the fifth grade for the girls I liked and they didn't like me back, you know. So yeah, we got. Um, I gotta give me some issues, man. Yeah, like this is what we're supposed to be using, I think. So if you're like a, I, I mean, of course I'm joking, exaggerating, just because you know you're not some like inept, socially awkward Aspie dude. But if you are <laughs> the Uber coder, super tech person, let us know in the Discord or whatever. You know, how are we supposed to be using these issues? Is that the the right way to do it? And, All um, caps, please. Yeah, and something that I just enabled on the podcast that I thought was kind of cool. No one's used it yet, though. You can leave a voice message, like question, on the podcast page, and then it, I can include them in the episodes and answer them and all that stuff. So, oh, that's cool. Um, if you want to yell at us, if you got questions or comments, whatever, just leave one of those messages wherever you are in the Spotify or wherever this goes. I don't I don't know that stuff either. Does it do you have you listened to it on Spotify, Brad? Yeah, that's how I listened to it initially. Oh, okay. All right. So we dumped for thirty we minutes. Dumped. You got you got further dump? You got more stuff? You got more stuff to dump? Uh no, those have been the two two big things. Okay. So what are our takeaways? Let's make some takeaways. Something bad happened in your project. Brad, what are the takeaways so it doesn't happen next project? What are you doing differently? Well, I guess don't leave out essential game components that you know you'll need to learn until the last minute. Um, Don't use complex controllers. Be confident that you can do it yourself. Maybe learn from them, but don't completely rely on them and use them for too long. Um, and yeah, I think that's my, that's my big dump, my big dump facts. Oh, those are good ones. Mine's going to be don't over engineer stuff. 
if I need it to do something that I know 100% I need it to do, do that, but don't start building in all this stuff that I might need. And also use version control for everything, write good commit messages, um, use some kind of boards that are integrated with the GitHub issues like I am now, so I can tie my issues to commits. So when I do commit code, it's tied to an issue that it's solving. So I have a history that I can look through so my future self knows what my past self did at 4 a.m. one night when I was just trying to finish up because I wanted to go to sleep and I didn't allow myself to sleep on it. So instead I just like blasted through it and did all this stuff that I don't understand. Those are my takeaways. That's a good takeaway. Yeah. So uh, thanks for being on, Brad, on uh, dump file number two. We just, um, we just did number two, the episode. Done dumped. <laughs> see like coding and all this stuff there's not much comedy in it so then you're i'm see i'm desperate even just for like this low yeah. level like lame ass comedy you should add some fart noises or something when we say dumb file or oh i thought you were gonna say like add fart noises to like my git cracking so when i commit farts or something or oh that's, that's no when crazy. would it fart it would eat something yeah when it committed it would make like an eating sound right nom 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 yeah like like push would make an eating sound and then pull would make a farting sound. Yeah, that's good. So if someone out there can help me do that, like make my git crack and make sound effects. Oh, because I just saw that there's like new GitHub actions that are integrated with git crack and I bet with the GitHub actions you could do that. So if anyone's out there wants to help us out, you know. <laughs> so uh, yeah. Thanks for listening. Thanks, Brad. Until next time, uh, goodbye from the Game Dev Grid Podcast. Bye.